0: On the
1: You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagrew, and Jack Wright.
0: Bear Down Chicago podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I'm your host, Logan Bradley. You can find me at Bear Down Bradley. Today, I'm joined, as always, for the pregame show with my co-host, Brendan Shagrew, who you can find at Brendan Shagrew. The rest of the guys who are not here today, we have Jack Wright, who you can find at Bear Down Jack. Patrick Sheldon, who is at And then, of course, our usual host, Ryan Dangle, who you can find at Ryan Dangle. Before we get into our Cowboys game preview, we had some real life Chicago Bears news today, Brendan, that, of course, at this point, as everybody has heard, was Robert Quinn being traded to the Philadelphia Eagles in exchange for a fourth round pick seems like all in all you know a a tough day for I'm sure a lot of the Bears players he seemed to be a big-time leader on that team but in terms of the trade how'd you feel about the return and just him being dealt at this point Brendan
1: yeah it it made sense first off for just the trade itself because Robert Quinn was not going to be on this team next year he was out of guaranteed money. There was no way the Bears were going to pick up $13 million of that when he's an aging pass rusher, despite the success that he had in 2021. I, I'm trying to figure out if the Bears, if there was a market for him in the offseason, could they have gotten more f- from him or for him instead of a fourth-round pick? I'm not sure. You know, Maybe a third round, but I, I think at this point, especially for somebody halfway through the season, someone who hasn't necessarily produced on the stat line like he did last year. Now, granted, he is facing a lot more double teams this year. I think the stat was that he had 58 double teams in 2022. And like people like Michael Parsons has only had 40. So that shows you how much defenses are respecting Robert Quinn. But I think, yeah, all in all, it made sense. It stinks that it had to happen. And I think it's hilarious that, of course, after the Bears' biggest win of the year, Ryan Poles is like, ah, oh, we can't have any more of this. And he just pours <laughs> cold water on it. But he, I thought his comments were great. Like he really understands kind of the effect that this has on the locker room. But he also knows we're trying to build for the future and build a more competitive team for the future. And this move just made all the sense in the world.
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I I tweeted out after the trade that I think, you know, if you traded Robert Quinn the offseason, I think maybe you get a third round pick. You know, you're kind of splitting hairs at that point, complaining about you know getting a fourth round pick instead of a third round pick. So, all in all, I think it's a great move by Polls. It's not exactly something that I think everybody was expecting right now, but like you said, Robert Quinn wasn't a part of this team long term. So, the fact that you're able to get a pick out of it is is good news. And honestly, going forward, I think you know, similar to a lot of Bears fans rooting for Robert Quinn, it'll be really interesting to see how he performs uh, uh, with the Eagles and really how far they can go.
1: So, yeah, I thought the timing, it it was one of those things where it was kind of unexpected, but also expected just because Mm -hmm. of the direction this team is going and the rumors surrounding Robert Quinn. I think we need, we all need to collectively give Jason Lock and Fora a little bit of an apology. I know that's really hard to do because of the issues that (laughs) he's had in the past, but I, I am kind of curious, and this is, this is a very meatballish take, so feel free to just, you know, shoot me down here, but part of me kind of wishes that this happened on Monday after the Cowboys game to see what might have happened. Now, I'm not saying that, like, if the Bears even had won and they go to four and four, that even, like, a a run would have happened, but I don't know. I kind of wanted to maybe push this towards, you know, another week, but if that's the case, do you get a fourth round pick? Because then there's another week that he's potentially not available for a team that's acquiring him. So that's just my kind of take on it. I don't know what you think.
0: Yeah. I mean, like it would be fun to see what happens the rest of the year, but I don't want one good solid game to just change the long-term plan. So completely get what you're saying as a fan and, You always want your team to win you want your team to have the best players possible but you know that that's the tough thing about it too is i'm a person you're a person who sat through a baseball rebuild and your rebuild worked my rebuild so far doesn't look like it's working you just never know so it's your you build for the future and you kind of pray and and from there there's really not much that you can do so yeah Guys, Brendan, being out here in LA, I'm, I, I went and got a haircut the other day and I'm, I'm fine with it, but it was just okay. But if you are in the Chicagoland area and you're looking for a good haircut, head to Sheridan's Barbershop, which is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They've been serving the community for 68 years with six barbers, open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or call 630 668 0137 to book today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. So, Logan, guess who I
1: got to see today in the flesh, in person, and actually shake
0: hands with? Was it Michael Jordan?
1: No, it wasn't. I think I would have let off with that if if that's the case. Or I might not even <laughs> be here because point. I'd just be, you know, freaking out, just running around my house. No, it is our good friend, Jack Wright.
0: There we go. Hey, yeah. Jack Wright and Michael Jordan are both, both equally impressive.
1: You know what? I, I, I would agree with you. I mean, both just imp- impressive specimens of men. But no, Jack came over to my house. Uh, he was picking up some bags, boards that... Uh, I had, or I had a friend uh, make for him. We both got a set, and Jack and I are talking. He's, you know, uh, complimenting my house, which is very nice. And we just started talking about the market and how, you know, we both got our houses at just a really opportune time, and just things worked out for us. And just kind of going through everything that we've went through as homebuyers, me in the last couple years, and him uh, a few years ago, but if you're looking to buy a house in the chicagoland area there's one person and one person only that you need to contact and that is jeff cadwallader with At properties jeff is making it happen for his buyers using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts and it's not about paying the highest price either contact jeff today to learn more visit genevajeff.com or call or text him 630-254-4734 again if you're even remotely thinking about buying a house, you're in the market. Just give them a text. Tell them the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast sent you. And seriously, if you if you love this podcast, if you want to support us, and you're even thinking about it, a text goes a long way. So just consider it if you're if you're in the market for a home.
0: Brendan Shaguru, it is Dallas Cowboys week. I'm trying to. I think every Bears fan is trying to balance how to feel going into this weekend with what happened on Monday night. But there's there's plenty of reason for excitement. The past years going up against the Cowboys, I was actually surprised to look and see that the Bears have won four of their last six meetings against Dallas these two teams last played on December 20 in December 2019 when the Bears won 31 to 24 at home. Mitch Trebisky threw for 244 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. He also rushed for a touchdown and 63 yards, so one of Mitch's better games for sure. Their last win in Dallas came in November of 2012, which they won 34 to 18. And something that I guess I think I knew at one point but had forgotten, but Matt Eberflus was with the Cowboys and he was their linebackers coach from 2011 to 2015. And then he was the passing game coordinator as well from 2015 to 2017. So definitely some interesting history there. And, uh, it's always fun to, you know, you can, you can hate or love the Cowboys. I think a lot of people hate them, but it's always cool to see that the bears will be playing them and get a lot of national attention. So going into this week, the last week, the Cowboys beat the Detroit lions at home 24 to six. That was Dak's first start back from injury. And to be honest with you, I don't think that their offense looked all that great when you're talking about key players on the Cowboys offense, obviously Dak and then at running back, you have Ezekiel Elliott who right now is dealing with an MCL sprain in his right knee. So it sounds like he's fairly questionable for this game, which Honestly, I kind of want him to play because the backup option for the Cowboys, who has been getting plenty of run is Tony Pollard, who is averaging 5.6 yards per carry, as opposed to Ezekiel Elliott, who is averaging 4.1 yards per carry. So kind of Tony Pollard scares me a little bit. And the the idea of him getting all the carries this week um, is definitely scary in terms of wide receivers. Dallas has C.D. Lamb, who, you know, dealing with Cooper Rush, who, who was fine in replacement of Dak Prescott, but I don't think that there's a ton to be worried about there. So when you look at, at this game, and we'll talk about the Dallas offense in a second, but uh, what do the Bears need to do to win this game, Brendan, in your opinion?
1: I think the Bears need to put together a similar and competent offense to avoid the Dallas defense. And I know we haven't really talked about the Dallas defense yet, but that is what scares me the most. It's really weird because I'd say the Cowboys have had much more success this year, especially in the win column. And even with a backup quarterback, but these two teams are very similar. They've got very good rushing attacks. Their passing game kind of lacks at times. Their defenses have been very strong this year. So You're kind of looking in a mirror, but at a team with more talent at a lot of those positions. So, I mean, really just trying to make sure that Justin Fields stays alive against guys like Demarcus Lawrence, Michael Parsons, keeping the ball away from players like Trevon Diggs and essentially just playing smart football. I, I really want to see a similar game plan to what we saw this past week in New England And I was looking back and watching highlights of the Eagles game, uh, the Eagles-Cowboys game from a couple weeks ago. Now, granted, the Eagles have a lot more offensive weapons, but the way that they were able to attack the Cowboys uh, defense with just strong runs with the running backs, quarterback sneaks with Jalen Hurts, sometimes it really wasn't pretty, but it was effective. And they were able to move the ball and keep drives moving. It's exactly what we saw uh, earlier this week against the Patriots. So I want to see a similar game plan from that from those two games and I think you have a shot against these Cowboys.
0: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the name that, that I am concerned with and along with every other bears fan that is aware of Micah Parsons there and should be concerned with him because currently he is the heavy favorite to win NFL defensive player of the year. He has eight sacks on the year. He was actually credited with another sack this afternoon, which he very well deserved alongside Micah Parsons, something I was actually, I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't really know this name, Dorrance Armstrong. He has, Six sacks on the year, and and I'm sure that's uh, a lot of that production is probably largely coming as a result of rushing on the other side of Parsons. But at the same time, if you have six sacks, you got six sacks. So um, Dorrance Armstrong, Mike Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs. You mentioned that name as well. It's definitely a very interesting defense. And for me, I think the Bears win this game. You know, with with quick passes. Um like you said I think a similar game plan to last week but something that I touched on in the post game was making sure that Justin Fields is getting ready to throw the ball away a little bit more and like I mentioned yesterday it's not something that you really want to emphasize but that's going to probably be a key this weekend because if he find you find yourself in a situation where you're on the 30 yard line I don't know and it's 3rd and 8 that's not a situation you can take a sack so something to be aware of. I hope they're double teaming Micah Parsons as much as humanly possible, or else he will make life hell.
1: We also need to make note that the bears offensive line surprise is going to look a lot different than it has a previous couple of weeks. So it came out that Lucas Patrick is likely going to go on IR that hasn't been finalized yet, but at the very least, he's going to be out for this Cowboys game. And now you hear that Larry Borum He's currently in concussion protocol. So there's a chance that possibly Riley reef gets to start at right tackle. So Larry Borum didn't have a great game against the Patriots, but you're continuing to shuffle your offensive line. And now you have Sam Mustafer back at center who surprisingly did play a better game than I think people realize. I know that the meme has been going around with him <laughs> running around, not knowing what to do, but uh, when you actually watch the game in whole as a whole, he was pretty good, but you're you're tweaking this offensive line yet again, and now you're facing a defense with a strong front, like you said, keeping Micah Par- Parsons away, keeping Armstrong Lawrence away. It, it's going to be a lot, lot more of a challenge, I think, even against a good Patriots defense. This, this is a step up, and you're right, Fields just needs to make some of those quicker decisions, but at the same time, it's hard when he has those superstar traits and he can just seemingly escape out of the smallest of holes and somehow get a first down. Like you don't want to take away that superhero ability, but at the same time, you got to make some smarter plays uh, when the situation calls for it.
0: You talking about the offensive line specifically kind of leads me into another guy that I just want to mention because as much shine as we gave a lot of guys yesterday on the post game podcast. And if you haven't listened to that yet, go give it a listen. Tevin Jenkins. I just want to ask you about him because God, that guy has just, what a redemption story from being at a point in the off season where it just, he was, a you know, what a third string, second string about to be traded just at the lowest of lows. And now he's out there pancaking guys left and right. So uh, just your comments on Tevin Jenkins. And also has he found a long-term home at right guard? I, for the life of me, will not understand what happened
1: in training camp. I don't know if we'll ever know because the talent has always been there. I was skeptical, and this is not hindsight, I was skeptical of him playing left tackle last year, but I knew that he could be a mauler type of player. And you're right, like he's been destroying defenders even after the play, making his presence known. I think my favorite play was, granted, it, it was something that didn't really impact a uh, I guess the play itself because it was a passing play where fields had a ball tipped from Matthew Judon but when Judon goes up Tevin Jenkins just levels that guy and it's one of those hey you got away with this now you're gonna think differently or you're gonna think twice when going up against me and trying to bat a pass because I'm gonna bury your ass and that is the type of player that Tevin Jenkins is and I love to see it Um, if he's found a home at right guard I think so. But in the back of my head, I'm like, can this guy actually play right tackle? It's been a long time since he's had any reps there. And I'm not going to second guess the coaches on this one right now, but maybe there's a chance that you take another stab at that in the off season to see if he can bounce outside. But I'd be thrilled if he becomes like a Pro Bowl right guard for the next five to 10 years, because I think that's the potential right now.
0: Absolutely. And this year, as I said, at the beginning of the year is all about trying to sniff out those cornerstone pieces for a team that you're hoping is going to have a lot more success in the future than they do this year. And the fact that you're starting to see that long-term cornerstone potential from Tevin Jenkins is such a huge win that I don't think should be overlooked. And uh, I'm just excited to continue to kind of try to focus on him going forward. And it's, it's hard to do when you have Justin Fields who you're focusing so hard on, but just kudos to Tevin Jenkins, the job that he's done. I, I can't imagine how hard he has worked and how much he's had to work through to hear all those trade rumors and just negative stuff in the offseason. So very awesome stuff from him. Moving on to predictions for this game. I'll be honest with you. This is a really hard one for me to predict. As I said off the bat, it's weighing how great the bears look last week against how you know, how frustrating they've been at times this year and, and sort of an unpredictable team in itself with the Cowboys. So as for the guys who are not here, I'll read off their predictions. Ryan Dangle, he is the Bears winning this one in a close game, 23 to 20. Patrick Sheldon believes that the Cowboys will come out victorious by a score of 28 to 17, while Jack Wright is on the same page as Patrick Sheldon with the Cowboys winning 21 to 17. Brendan, what do you got for this one?
1: You're right. This is really difficult. And I mean, who knew? Because going into the Patriots game, that was easy and kind of thought that the Bears would never win another game again at times. But sadly, I have to pick the Cowboys 20 to 19. I think the loss of Robert Quinn is going to be felt not only on the defensive line when trying to stop guys like Tony Pollard, who I'm glad you mentioned that it might be in a way a good thing that Ezekiel Elliott's going to be limited because Pollard clearly is the more talented back. And I mean, good thing for the Cowboys, not for the bears, but when you're talking about trying to get through that offensive line and, you know, the amount of double teams that Quinn takes up, that's going to be an adjustment. So, and like I said, these two tier, these two teams kind of mirror each other, but the Cowboys have the more talented roster from quarterback to receivers to defensive linemen, cornerbacks, safeties, all of that. So I have to get the slight nod to to the Cowboys, but I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be competitive and this team's going to fight till the very end.
0: Yeah. Everything in my being wants to pick the bears after how awesome they looked on Monday night, but I just, I'm, I'm so scared of Micah Parsons. And I just think that even if you're double teaming him, I think you're going to, you're going to have a tough time with this Cowboys defensive line which leads me to believe that this game could be a 23 to 17 Cowboys win so I certainly want to eat those words I I, I would love to see a similar game plan to what we had last week and uh I hope Dangle is the only one that's right after I was this. gonna
1: say Dangle is gonna hold this over our heads if he the Bears sure win. is
0: he sure is and that's the thing about picking the Bears to lose is you can't you don't want to brag about that. So it's no. not like I'm going to shove that in Dangle's face. All right. Moving on to our fantasy football portion of the show. Brennan, how many leagues are you in, by the way? I'm in two leagues. And I think okay. that is the perfect amount because perfect. last year, last year I was in four
1: and I hated my life. No, yeah, it's too many. Because then so.
0: it's like it's like having two quarterbacks. You don't have one. If you're in four fantasy leagues, you're not in one fantasy league because you can't pay attention to any of them.
1: Oh, yeah. I legit forgot to set lineups someday. Or sometimes. Yeah. And uh, there was one game last year where I pretty much I <laughs> I think of the I know we've talked about it, it's always sunny, but I felt like Dennis when mm-hmm. he's in the car where he's eating this bowl of cereal. Where he's like, <laughs> hey, you stupid bitch. <laughs> when uh, Mark Ingram wasn't playing or something. And I'm just like, imagine playing Mark Ingram right now. And I'm like, Oh God, I have him in two leagues and he was starting. (laughs) It's still, because I forgot, I completely forgot. Like, and that was halfway through the game. It was like a Thursday night game. So anyway, two leagues, I'm doing pretty good in both of them. I'm, I believe like five and two or six and two in uh, one league. And like, Seven and one, or eight and one. I don't know what the week week is. I have like Humble one brag. loss and two losses in each league, and Damn I am man. holding on by a thread because my team sucks. Like, I'm barely <laughs> scoring enough points.
0: You're I that play. guy. You're I that am guy. that guy, and yeah. people hate yeah. me. <laughs> that's fine. You know, I do. Hey, there's nothing to apologize for. There's listeners out there right now who are nodding their heads, going, Yep, I'm that guy, or I'm that girl, too.
1: Yeah, that's true. But yeah. I do have an issue I want to pick your brain about. Okay. Uh, I'm thin at receiver in one of my leagues and I just lost Mike Williams. He's not only out for the bye, but he's going to be out for an extended period of time with an ankle injury. So who's kind of on your like wide receiver, maybe waiver wire radar or somebody who maybe has been forgotten that could come back to
0: life, like over the second half of the season. Actually works out well, because this is someone that, I'm like not high on him right now, but I also think he's somebody who you can get for very cheap who will probably be able to provide wide receiver two numbers and that's Cortland Sutton on the Broncos. I know that's a really weird take because the Broncos look so bad and they are a bad offense but I just I think Russell Wilson is going to be able to turn it around just enough to be, to make trading for Cortland Sutton. The big part about him right now is just that his value is so low. Like I have Cortland Sutton and like the point uh, like trading him right now, I'm not going to get anything for him. So I think that he's a guy that maybe if you're looking to just take a flyer and, and trade for him, no, you're not getting a wide receiver one. You're not getting the Cortland Sutton that maybe you thought at the beginning of the year, but I just like the idea of at this point in the year, trying to almost flip the script and, take a chance on, on guys who people are so low on, as opposed to, you know, like, so it's, it's, just, I don't know. I think it's a buy low opportunity for him. I know that it's, that would might not be the end all be all fixed, but it's, he's somebody who I just, I think that he, he can't do much worse than he has the past couple of weeks. And you didn't have Russell Wilson last week. So who knows?
1: That's a good name. I didn't think about that. And I think even when, the Broncos offense has struggled even when Wilson's been playing. Sutton's been the one kind of constant where maybe he Mm -hmm. hasn't been great, but he's the one getting the majority of the targets. It's not Jerry, Judy, it's not Hamler or anybody like that. So, you know, when you're the top option on a bad team, you're still going to get fed. So it's not a bad name to think about the other, the other question I had for you and uh, somebody was kind of offering me this like kind of loosely, but they were one, they were wondering if I was interested in Christian McCaffrey Mm -hmm. and they have Debo Samuel as well. And I'm just kind of thinking, where are you at on McCaffrey right now? Are you kind of, you know, wanting to sell him because his role could be reduced from what it was with the Panthers? There's the injury risk, or are you thinking that he might be a star for the rest of the season?
0: Christian McCaffrey is definitely an interesting one. I think that there are easily two arguments that can be made on him. I am a Christian McCaffrey owner in one league and I'm on more of the side of buying because one, I think he's coming from a really bad offense. And then two, he's going into an offense that historically Kyle Shanahan offenses is just are, are gold for fantasy running backs. And think about the fantasy running backs that, that have played for the 49ers. There's never been anyone who even sniffs Talent level of Christian McCaffrey. So I think at this point, I there are concerns just because there are a lot of playmakers in that offense with Debo, like you mentioned, with um George Kittle, with Brandon Ayuk. But if you are trading as they traded a good amount of draft capital for Christian McCaffrey, it's hard for me to imagine them not trying to utilize him in ways that show off how dynamic he can be. So For me, he's a guy that I'm going to hold on to in my leagues and not going to try to trade away. Um, Where where are you at then? So you were offered a trade for him?
1: Kind of. So it was my buddy who came over to watch the game on Monday. We were just kind of throwing the football pregame. And he's like, Hey, you know, what would you, would you be interested in McCaffrey? I'm like, well, depends. And, you know, he takes one look at my roster. He's like, well, I want Travis Kelsey. And I'm like, Hey, uh, no, Uh,
0: (laughs) no, no, you can't, you can't trade. Like I have terrible tight ends in every league. I want a tight end, but if you have Kelsey, you literally can't trade him.
1: Right. He's my only dependable receiver at this point, especially this is the same league, uh, with Mike Williams. So it's kind of one of those, like, you know what? I'm interested in getting ready to one of these guys mainly because he has Debo and now McCaffrey on the same team. And he's like, I just feel like one of those, I need to kind of diversify a little bit, which I get. And we're actually the top, like two of the top three teams in the league. So I'm also kind of thinking ahead for later in the year. I'm like, all right, is this going to bite one of us in the ass later? So yeah, not like an official trade, but you know, sniffing mm-hmm. around and I could use playmakers. I'm I'm struggling a yeah. bit.
0: Yeah, no, I think he's a good guy to go out there and try to get all right now we're going to move on to our betting portion of the show which i am normally very excited about but i have to disclose that i went 0 and two last oh, weekend no
1: low for the first didn't. time this year
0: for the first time this year for the first time this year and you know what it won't happen again maybe i'll let you know i did lose on the packers minus four and a half who likes the packers anyway why did i bet on the packers nobody likes them
1: you know what? that was kind of like a hedge like um, an emotional hedge. yeah because you're, yeah, you're we'll, kind of we'll call it that but we'll you're also that. thrilled because of just yes, everything that's exactly.
0: That's a that's an easy one to lose. That's an easy one to lose. The second one, which I went with the Jaguars minus three, just because I I I didn't understand why the Giants were underdogs. so I figured Vegas knows more. Turns out I'm smarter than Vegas. So if anything, I turned. I've already reasoned out this zero and two into a well. The Packers lost, so that's okay. And then the second one basically proves that I'm smarter than the bookmakers. So really, I went two and zero. If you, if you look at it that way. You're like, um, again, always sunny. You're Charlie Day in the mailroom. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Pepe Silvia, Pepe Silvia. Brendan, you, on the other hand, did have... You came out 500 on the week. You won with the Jets plus one at Broncos, who, of course, won outright. And you lost on Falcons plus six and a half, who ran into a very, very hot Joe Burrow right now. So, tough one there, but... Still better than 0-2, guys. I'm going to be better going forward. We're going to be better starting right here. Brendan, you want to give me your first pick for this week?
1: Yeah, my first pick. This one was probably pretty easy to pick out when I'm looking at the board. It is the over in Cardinals-Vikings this weekend, and that is set at 49 points. Both teams coming off extended rest. The Cardinals seem to finally find their groove offensively a bit against the the Saints on Thursday Night Football last week. They got a lot of help from their defense, picking off Andy Dalton twice for pick sixes. But I think that could bode well facing a guy like Kirk Cousins, who loves to throw those type of throws that could be picked off for pick sixes. And the Vikings coming off of rest uh, off their bye week. We don't really know what Kevin O'Connell is going to be like coming off rest, but they were well-prepared for week one. They had a lot of points. So I feel like these are two offenses that are doing pretty well. Both have kind of, at least in the Cardinals sense, they've got playmakers back. The Vikings are getting healthy. I think, you know, 49 points. I feel comfortable with that.
0: Yeah, I like that. And you're still like, I think you're getting a almost a lower number than probably we would have expected at the beginning of the season because you're almost buying a little low on the Cardinals offense as they – try to figure it out, maybe figure it out. So solid pick there. I am going in the opposite direction. I am going with an under, which is ironic after I just talked about how maybe Cortland Sutton can turn around. I still think he can, but I'm going under in Broncos Jaguars, London game, 39 and a half points. That's a scary total always to try to take the under at, but the Broncos have an amazing defense. Their offense right now is just, I don't really have to explain that it's its not very good. Uh, Russell Wilson is playing, but he is probably going to be, I mean, slightly limited. And then Jaguars defense, fine, but everyone's traveling to London. I, I feel like this could be like a 13 to 10 game, so We'll see.
1: Logan, did you just say that yeah, they're Russell out. Wilson, they're he's going to be limited because he's Mr. Unlimited.
0: Uh, well, I might as well take the over now because that is a good point. He is Mr. Unlimited. That that video, I I wake up in a cold sweat thinking about that video at least two times a week, I think.
1: You could pretty much <laughs> say that for any Russell Wilson
0: video at this yes. point. <laughs> good point. All right, your second pick, Brendan.
1: All right. I'm really nervous about this one because of what happened to you this past week, but mm, I know what you're doing. Yeah. Are you,
0: do you know the, yeah, the line that doesn't make sense? I think so. All right. Try to guess. I mean, are we talking giants again? No, we're not. That was, okay. that was one that kind of, I also think that me. line doesn't make sense. So they're underdogs again. Yeah. At Seattle. Understanding that Seattle looks good. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Back
1: no, to- that's okay. Uh, this is dolphins minus three and a half point favorites against the Detroit lions that doesn't make sense man i mean the the lions have been booty cheeks for the last two three weeks and i even count their bye week as part of that they barely scored six points their offense can't do much of anything i know they might be getting deandre swift back but the dolphins now that they've had a full week with Tua back under center i think they're going to start to find their rhythm again i don't think mike mcdaniel mike mcdaniel is going to coach circles around Dan Campbell okay I know he's a rookie head coach but Mike McDaniel knows what he's doing and so now that this offense is going to have their you know their full complement of players again three and a half points and I wish it was like two and a half or even three Mm -hmm. because that hook does scare me a little bit but I don't believe in the Detroit Lions at all this year I'm picking Dolphins minus three and a half
0: That leads me perfectly into my second point, because I am also going with a minus three and a half situation, which makes me sort of nervous, but I'm going with the Bengals minus three and a half at the Browns. Jacoby Brissett, I think the stock is going down, down, down. Joe Burrow, the stock is obviously going up, up, up. This is a Monday night football game. Again, the three and a half, it's slightly concerning, of course, when you are buying a team that is really, you know, doing good things, going up against a team that is, you know, having a rough go of things. It is at the Browns, but still, I just, that Bengals offense is really dynamic right now. They are only starting to click. And I, I just think that they're going to be able to handle the Browns and Jacoby Brissett on Monday night football. So I'm excited to flip the script this week, go 2-0. Brennan, do you think you can maybe get a 2-0 week this What if we... What if we got a four and a week one of these times?
1: Oh my God, we we should maybe if we could get a sports book to maybe help sponsor a little bit. Oh, what that's would an idea it would now. be? Awesome to kind of put out a parlay to you, you sure know would. just of our picks, like the you know the BDCP parlay of the week or something. Just use our four picks. That would be incredible. Yes. But you it know what? I'll awesome. settle. I would love to go 2-0. I'll settle for going one-on-one. That's what I've been doing the past few weeks because at least you're treading water. But I will mm-hmm. say I really, really like that Bengals pick. I kind of thought about that. I didn't want to take two, three-and-a-half, you know, games like that. Yeah. But
0: that's strong. So I feel I feel confident in that one for you. Uh, let's hope. Let's hope. All right, Brendan, we're going to get out of here for Jack Wright. Brendan Chagru, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon. Everybody, we always appreciate you guys listening. And as always, bear down, Chicago.